across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, we're going to have a great show for you tonight as we get deep and dark into the strange world of AI taking over our planet, the technocracy, and how language has computed our reality. Yes, we have welcomed back the quantum quantum language expert, coach, and consultant, Danny Katz. Uh, she is an edgy, edgy journalist. And of course, that's always dangerous in a time of universal deceit. So I am so happy to be able to bring her to you and uh, get back into all of this high strangeness that the world has to offer because I can bring anything up with Danny and she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the free zone, Danny. Thanks, Freeman. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me back. Oh, that's fantastic. I see on dannycats.com that uh, last time we talked, you were working on Pop Propaganda, an illustrated guide. Now it's out and ready for everyone to grab. Yes, it's out. It's ready to become an NFT if I knew what that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the book's we'll work out. on that. Doing, thank you. Thank you. The book's out. It's been doing great. Uh, it's been embraced. It has lots of fun testimonials from David Martin, Mickey Willis. Um, the pod father, Adam Curry. So yeah, it's doing great. It's making the rounds. Awesome. Yes. Uh, so that's dannycats.com. If you guys want to go check out pop propaganda. And of course, last time Danny was with us, we spoke on word up little language hacks for big change. Cause our language is such a critical part to our existence that we just kind of ignore. And this is a sensei's handbook here for you to get these little hacks to cause big change by figuring out what you really mean. And one of the biggest words that we need to say more and more is no. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes to no. Yes to no. <laughs> exactly. 100%. Have to call this show that. But you pointed out something amazing. And I just want to jump right into this because I was completely clueless about the Lifeboat Foundation. This nonprofit, non governmental organization dedicated to encouraging scientific advancements while helping humanity survive existential risks, such as the coming singularity. And I find that we are going to get quite uh, earful on all of this. And I can't wait to dig into this with you, Danny, because uh, I had no idea. This sounds crazy. Safeguarding humanity, the Lifeboat Foundation. Shall we jump right in? Yeah, let's jump in. And I and I I'm I'm repeating again that I was surprised um, that you hadn't heard about it. I I don't know why I am because it seems like so many people really in the know haven't heard about it. Um, but yeah, it's they've got a lot of crazy stuff going on, and I've been tracking their connections with Santa Fe Institute and Consilience Project. And from my vantage point, they're kind of the trifecta. Um, that's running the sham show and a lot of the psyops and driving the transhumanist agenda. Um, definitely working overtime to rescind freedom of speech um, and all under the guise of this kind of like centrist intellectual superiority. Yeah, I, I can see that by uh, some of the people listed. And I mean, the idea that the Lifeboat Foundation is working on a prototype of friendly AI and also has launched the world's first Bitcoin endowment fund. Uh, so moving straight into the, the metaverse there, but I have yet to meet a friendly AI. Uh, <laughs> all the conditioning and programming that we have received over these years is this apocalypse and the post-apocalypse. And every, every show, every sci-fi, everything we see is this post-apocalyptic world. And every time the AI says, well, there's too many people on the planet. And I saw this when Twitter put their AI out. They had their Twitter bot and uh, <laughs> it was probably 4chan, I'm not sure, but a bunch of hackers and whatnot went in and started conditioning the AI and very quickly turned the AI into a eugenicist Nazi. <laughs> they had to pull Twitter bot down. <laughs> and so 
you know, the influence of the human into these friendly AI uh, certainly isn't, uh, you know, it, it, it's not compatible with life and, and how we experience life as humans on planet Earth. It's not a, a algorithm that keeps us together. But what are what are some of the people's names that you've seen associated with this friendly AI and the Lifeboat Foundation? So I first got turned on to Lifeboat Foundation researching Santa Fe Institute and noticing how many members of Santa Fe Institute are also members of the Lifeboat Foundation, as well as World Economic Forum and Council on Foreign Relations. So some of the names that popped out to me, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Gates, the usual suspects. Daniel Schmachtenberger was what really caught my eye because he's being propped up by, you know, intellectual dark web types. Um, and he leads the Consilience Project. So he's a member. We have Stanislav Grof. We have Amanda Fielding. Do you, are you familiar with Amanda Fielding? I know Stanislav Grof. I've read The, yeah. the Brain. Uh, what was that book? Uh, he wrote about the mind and the brain. Yeah, yeah. I, and I have it upstairs. <laughs> he's done a lot of work with LSD. Yes, um, yes, yeah, yes. So Amanda, LSD in the mind. Yeah, that was that was Stanislav Grof. Right. Uh, but who did you ask? Yeah, Amanda Fielding. So hmm. she's like a British elite who's doing a lot of the funding behind the scenes of like maps and Jamie Wheel and kind of pushing the, the psychedelic part of the op, um, which to me is terrifying in terms of legalization or de decriminalization of psychedelics, where I think like, I don't want the government getting their hands on my psychedelics. Um, but she's a part of it. We have, um, of course, Elon Musk is named. We have Maps is part of it. Um, just a lot of a lot of people in in a lot of the conversations that we're having are showing up on their boards. You know, like they have their um, human to, to non-human diplomacy board and their space settlement board and it's quite bizarre what they've got going. When I first discovered it, I did a really deep dive and I thought there's no way this can be real. This is way too crazy. And I reached out to my friend, David Martin, and I messaged him on Facebook and I'm like, what do you know about Lifebook, Lifeboat Foundation? And he's like, we're taking this conversation off of Facebook. <laughs> Um, and I had a, you know, about a half hour deep dive with David on this. And he's like, yeah, it's totally real. Um, it's completely insane. And he likened it to the, um, it's to the Bohemian Grove of Santa Fe Institute. Um, so there's definitely like an inextricable link between Santa Fe Institute and Lifeboat Foundation, Ed, Be Ed Begley Jr. is part of it. I mean, it's literally like thousands and thousands of names to go through. Um, I'll just leave it there for, for now. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm busy, uh, digging through this site now. Lifeboat Foundation reacts to NATO and the Russian conflict. Um, yeah, they're, they're there in the midst of everything that we're looking at here. I mean, here we are facing down the end of the world, facing down uh, all of our greatest fears, and we are all being isolated and separated by ideologies and by just politics and propaganda. And these guys, they're out there in their doing either their technological rituals or going out to Bohemian Grove and settling and congealing and coming together and and have this plan preparation. I mean, will they push us to World War Three in the next few months? We don't know, but, uh, you know, threat is there for sure. And either way, they're pushing us towards a climate change lockdown. They want AI covering everything. And this would be exactly the place that this whole thing would spawn. Uh, lifeboat might become a dirty word in the future. <laughs> yeah, I see it as very much like a Hegelian dialectic 
problem reaction solution where I think SFI, Santa Fe Institute is there to create the problems. They were started um, by the OSS back in the day. And allegedly they're dealing with just systems. But when you do a deeper dive, like Incutel came out of Santa Fe Institute. Um, I'm tracing weird, weird reports around the you know, the, the fake pathogen that we're dealing with now, um, back to them, you know, way far back, like many, many years back. So David Martin had said that their, their Santa Fe Institute is uh, where the psyops are coming out of, and they're the ones who are creating them. So my sense of it is that Santa Fe Institute is creating all the problems um, leading to the the end of our species as we know it. And then Lifeboat Foundation is the quote unquote solution for this post-extinction, I don't know what, simulation, or if it's all underground bunkers, they talk about colonizing Venus. Like it's so out there. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, they, they always blame the technology like, oh, well, as technology continues to advance, it's, uh, you know, increasing power is going to cause all of our normal uh, systems to shut down in the way that we've known everything. And yet they're the ones building these systems of, of technological control and humanity doesn't need any of it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And that so what first sparked my attention on this was when because it's it's as from my perspective, it's very connected to the intellectual dark web um, and the people coming out of the intellectual dark web, specifically Brett Weinstein, Eric Weinstein. Um, Brett Weinstein is a member of the Consilience Project, which in it seems to be an offshoot of Santa Fe Institute. It's definitely there. Um, like Ministry of Disinformation, where they're, they're pushing all the propaganda and, you know, redefining words and having all these like neuroscientists and like DARPA dudes start telling us how journalism is supposed to work. But I first clued into it watching Brett Weinstein interview Tristan Harris. And they were saying like, well, we can't have free speech because of AI. And uh, AI, you know, can't tell tone or sarcasm. Sarcasm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we can't have free speech because we must defer to AI. And um, that was what kind of got me sniffing down this rabbit hole. Right, right. And that's why now we're seeing all these different people get arrested for offending somebody. Yes. Yes. Uh, Wrong think. Wrong think. We can't have that. Yes. And if you happen to say something about somebody and hurt their feelings, you better believe the FBI is going to be at your door. Well, yeah, because you're a domestic terrorist if you hurt someone's <laughs> feelings. Yes. Uh, I see that so much now, Daddy. It's like we live in a world of children. I mean, Crowley predicted it, the age of the crowned conquering child, the age of Horace, and how spoiled everybody acts. I think it's, uh, you know, my life as a nomad definitely helped temper me on dealing with humans. You know, I didn't have a lot of choices. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. I lived in somebody's house and I did what, you know, they did. And I focus, you know, I didn't get choices, right? Like, and I was happy with that. I was fine with that. I could get along with anyone, no problem. Uh, mostly, <laughs> you know, some people <laughs> just don't want to get along. Uh, but, you know, it, it teaches you this, this sensation of, uh, not being in control of every aspect of your existence and therefore uh, tolerating quite a bit. But now we're starting to get to a point where humanity is just this crowned and conquering child, as Crowley had said, and they won't put up with anything. Like if you, you know, like we were talking about with offending people and, you know, nine times out of 10, the other human means no harm, but you take it and, and, and make mountains out of molehills. And it's been really hard to get people together in any way, shape, or form because they they aren't adults. <laughs> they want to just sit there and uh, prove they're right and, and don't care. I'm like, do you want to be right or do you want to be liked? 
you know, <laughs> you yeah, and also, there. do you want to be able to exist in the world? Because it's not realistic to police everyone's language to protect, uh, you know, our own unintegrated traumas. Like, it's just not, that's not a, a logical strategy for moving through the world to control what everyone else says and thinks. I was just kicked out. This was a month ago now, but I was kicked out of my improv class because I said in a sketch, I was playing a bodybuilder and in the sketch, the character said ballet is faggy and some girl got her feelings hurt and through like a, you know, stage 10 tantrum, no one talked to me about it. I was just immediately ejected from the class. Wow. Yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got it set up now where they're going to be sending social workers to your door instead of police. And in this way, they can institutionalize you much easier than they can incarcerate you. Oh, yeah. It's getting really, really creepy. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is the thought police, everything. I mean. I just can't believe humanity just keeps going. And then, but we, we, you know, it's hard for us to find our way out. And then as these technologies start coming, I mean, I'm looking here now at the list of things that we should worry about on the lifeboat website. Right. And, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, of course, genetics, right. And we're watching this massive mRNA campaign with this experimental jab going around. And we don't know what's going to happen to the genetics of these people. Uh, but yet they're worried about, you know, engineered bacteria or viruses or nanotechnology. I just have to read this nanotechnology when it reaches the advanced stage of molecular manufacturing, molecular manufacturing. So you could just make gold, I guess, if that were the case. Right. Right. Uh, could trigger. I, I feel oh, like ahead. whenever they say when they're already doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, most of this stuff has been around for decades, for sure. Uh, we've been messing with genetics, been messing with cloning, messing with nanotech, although we don't see much of that. But we hear about the smart dust and, and it's bonafide. It's there, guys. Uh, so they're saying that nanotechnology could trigger a rapidly escalating arms race that spins out of control. Like what wouldn't right? <laughs> like any arms race? Right. Uh Ending in devastating war, possibly threatening the survival of all humanity. Well, you know, I can I can list a number of things that are causing that. Uh, but this may become possible by 2020, they say, or perhaps even sooner. Uh, so here we are, guys, <laughs> in 2022. There will also be the threat of a nano-built, self-replicating system, popularly called gray glue. Gray glue. Goo. I can't get that out. Gray goo. Now, we've talked about black goo on the show. We had Harold Kaltz Vela in here talking about the black goo. It's uh, also something that's very much part of the X-Files. And, oh, my God, if that wasn't, like, laying the foundation for all of this. Uh, but the the black goo is actually the aliens in, in the X-Files. And so nano-built self-replicating systems, gray goo, that could, in theory, consume large amounts of the biosphere. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, let's talk about graphene oxide. Let's talk about being mankind being turned into the operating system for this AI because we simply don't have the computing power. It's taken all of CERN just to create enough computing power for like one brain, uh, and that's in exabytes of information being passed and. Uh, so, you know, the the idea in the matrix that we are the power cell of this AI, that we're the battery of the AI because they blacked out the sun, which is also in the plans um, to try and stop the solar power of the AI. That's not the true story, as I've heard it, that uh, the matrix was actually uh, was taken. Right. It was uh, plagiarism of an original tale. And in the original tale, humanity is not the battery but the processor, the RAM. And okay. So as we're getting all of these injections with strange metals that are growing these bizarre clots and we see the self-formation graphene oxide going on inside of people, uh, I'm seeing an operating system. I'm seeing uh, yep. us becoming the AI. 
Yeah, I think that's the intention, 100%. Absolutely. But it's interesting because they're clearly planning for all these, like, epic, destructive, you know, like, earth-shattering scenarios. Not to mention the fact that they're selling these underground bunkers, you know? So it's like, okay, well, if your business is to sell underground bunkers <laughs> then it would behoove you to have crises that would require underground bunkers and that's what i see going on between sfi lifeboat and then consilience project which is you know just there to propagandize the public so that we want all these things you will eat the bugs and love it you will love, love it. it yeah and have you ever seen a site with so like these boards have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of people. You know, I'm seeing Stephen Kotler. I'm seeing seeing Buzz Aldrin. I don't think these are really boards. Are all these people getting together on a Zoom call to figure out, you know, life extension, like what their life extension board is going to be about? Yeah, death board along with life extension. I mean, how does that, <laughs> how can we handle that hypocrisy? Uh, yeah, we got to kill everybody because uh, we're living longer. It's yeah. And the, I have found some dead people on their board, Kit Carson being one of them. Um, and the other one was, was a Nazi whose name that I'm not remembering, but it has me thinking that they already have this technology, that they're working with a very different understanding of time than hmm. those of us who aren't in their know are working with. That makes sense. I mean, that's my guess. I don't know. And then, I mean, if you want to really trip out, Freeman, go yeah. all the way down to the donors section. Uh, okay. The very bottom of the page, donors. 5,410. I mean, you have some major players on these boards, uh, you know, Epstein, Gates, Musk, Bezos. Um, but all their donors are like Skylake Media, $1. You know, Vape Draw, $1. Appliance Repair Doctor, $1. Best Carpet Cleaners. Like, I'm not buying it. Right, <laughs> right, right. Just your local businesses kicking in where they can, right? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's super kooky. Where I think it gets extremely dangerous is through, like, this is obviously crazy, right? And anyone who looks, you know, takes the time to look through the Lifeboat Foundation website, which I recommend everyone does, it's certainly entertaining, is going to think this is nuts. But then when you tie it back to Santa Fe Institute, where most of the current Santa Fe Institute members are also members of this Lifeboat Foundation, and then there's crossover into the Consilience Project. That's where it gets dangerous because that's where you get a lot of the Joe Rogan adjacent podcasters, you know, Rebel Wisdom, Jim Rutt, Zach Stein, and all these people who are embraced by intellectual centrists as sane because they're speaking sanity to things like critical race theory or the whole transgender op. Um, but it's a Trojan horse for this to come in. And, you know, I have to wonder why all these people from Consilience Project who have backgrounds, you know, if it's military or if they're biohackers are all of a sudden self-appointed experts on propaganda. Yeah. Hey, don't worry. Uh, Putin, <laughs> Putin offered uh, citizenship to Edward Snowden. So oh, well, then everything's fine. There'll always be a safe place to run with Putin. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, they have it right here on the website, too. Won't the government protect us? And there's, you know, immediately one government can't protect us, the world from nanotech. I mean, come on. We have to get a, a strict enforceable agreement on weapons and full transparency, of course. Uh, obviously, this would not be easy, they say. <laughs> Uh, the option could be to reduce some classes of risks in a single world government. Hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, what a great With idea. Absolute authority, it says. That, yeah. Didn't see that coming at all. No. God, <laughs> these guys are so smart. 
<laughs> this would create a frightening potential for oppression and destruction, it says. <laughs> uh, I got to see what their answer is. Moreover, governments might choose not to control the most dangerous technologies. The U.S. government, you know, the most evil satanic government on the planet, uh, recently posted the recipe to the 1918 flu on the Internet. Oh, my God. This virus killed 20 to 50 million people. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. It's uh, the U.S. government that's uh, completely the, the the monster of this tale. And we need a single government that has absolute authority. Yes. And then they get into advances in genetics. They get into t nanotechnology, the advances of robotics when you become obsolete. Yep. Uh then asteroids, and they just had the, the planetary defense test last week, uh, shooting a rocket at a, an asteroid. Well, it actually was already in space and then went off and hit it. Uh, so, yeah, asteroids, nanotech, robotics, uh, global warming. Hey, you know, can't forget that monster. No, we, uh, we need that one for nuclear sure. weapons, antimatter bombs and high energy particle accelerator mishaps. <laughs> so when CERN goes wrong, we're here for you. <laughs> what is gray goo? I mean, they literally have that here. It's just wow. I've yeah. seen that gray goo, though. It's pretty amazing stuff. Um, I mean, what is the gray goo? Is, yeah. Is, is this <laughs> Is this another alien? I mean, it's just also, and the weird, the other weird thing about this site is how it's kind of like janky, right? It's kind yeah. of like low rent given all the people involved and all the money that, that, you know. It definitely not, feels very 90s. Yeah. But, but allegedly this was only put up in like 2009. So it's allegedly not that old. This guy, Philippe Van Netterveld, he seems to, he's a really big part of it. Have you heard of him? So the date on there starts 2002, Justin. Okay, 2002. No, I haven't. Um, he seems to be a, a big guy in this. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's cuckoo pants. I, I don't know. Like, I, I it's very hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that this is real. But I do think there's a lot of code running because I don't think these are really advisory boards, you know, comprised of three and four hundred people. That just doesn't that doesn't make sense as far yeah. as running a business or an organization. And not if, especially if they're already building the friendly AI. They even call it that with the capital F, guys. <laughs> like no, the friendly AI that we're building. So they versus, probably versus are the already. other AI that's running <laughs> us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I Emily and I've talked a lot about this on our show, and we're thinking that maybe this is like the VIP list for the simulation, like the simulated reality that they're promising all the people who are playing a part in this current op this is like their wristband to get them in right um i'm not really sure but they're certainly up to no good space settlement board yeah ah you know <laughs> it doesn't seem like life should be this complicated it really doesn't but we're in a position now where these things exist i mean we have one true hope, and that is everybody just walks away. Uh, but everybody wants to stay in the system. They want to see their future, and their future is defined by this particular algorithm, if you will, if I can use that term, uh, the culture of our day. And we we don't know how to walk away from all of this, and we're just going to keep rolling on towards robotics, even though we know they'll replace humanity. I mean... Uh, yeah, I, anytime I go to a store that has those self-checkout mach machines, I always ask to speak to the store manager and I'm like, I'm sure this wasn't your decision, but you do know that this technology will put you out of a job. So like, please let your higher ups know that the customers don't like this. We don't want this. I do that all the time too when I go <laughs> by and I, I can now just swipe my credit card, you know, just tap the, the credit card to the thing. I'm like, yeah, well... Imagine when that's in my wrist and you guys no longer have a job because I just grab what I want and walk out with it. What are you going to do then? I love throwing that stuff in <laughs> these young faces of the cashiers at the grocery store. 
because you need we need them thinking about this. It seems like you know the education system isn't talking about lifeboat foundation or gray goo or uh, any of the things that might be a major threat to them. I mean, I grew up in the era where we we went under the desk, you know, du- duck and cover. And all yeah, that. yeah, we used to have those the like nuclear war drills or the we'd had the earthquake drills. Yeah, we knew where the civil defense centers were. Ask anyone today if they even know what a civil defense center is. I think those um I think those self-checkout machines, just going back to that for a mm-hmm. second, I think that those are frequency warfare. I got sick a month ago and I knew from the quality of it, I'm like, this is a bioweapon. Like this is nothing organic. And I was playing it out in my mind, like where where do they access me? And I think it was through those self-checkout machines. And I mentioned it to two different people who were like, yep, I've had that too. I get a really creepy feeling from those. So now I, I'll just wait in line for the like the one actual human checker. I won't go through them anymore. I don't either. And I don't believe in a shoe bomber. I don't believe that I have to take off my shoes and disrobe at the airport uh, because somebody, you know, there was an underwear bomber, but I'm not yet required to re- remove my underwear. Uh, but, you know, uh, to have every single human being in the airport remove their shoes is not in case of some bombing threat. It is uh, that strange device that you're about to go step into and you don't have electroconductivity if you're wearing rubber soles. So they need everybody's shoes off. So whatever the hell that machine is doing, you know, it just slides silently around you. And then you got your arms in the air like you're under arrest, right? Like you're about to be shot. And (laughs) I mean, what is that device? And no one ever considers the fact that they had to go through this entire propaganda campaign just to get you to remove the rubber soles from your feet so that they can use the electromagnetic spectrums and whatever this damn device is. That's a really good point. I hadn't heard that before. When TSA first started doing the shoe thing, I would throw these like loud, impassioned tantrums and like give these <laughs> big speeches and expect everyone to join me, which never, never happened. Never. Never. And then I, you know, of course, I don't fly now because I don't want to deal with this nonsense. But mm. anytime I have, I've opted out of the machine. And one time I opted out, Mercury happened to be retrograde. You know, they do the pat down. They have that little piece of cloth. They put it in the machine. So that set off some sort of alarm. So they put me into a private room with two women. And all they did was unbutton the top button of my pants and move their hand along the waistband of my pants. And I was like, ladies, come on. Like, we know if I'm hiding something deadly, we know where it is. So are you going to play your role in this? Are you going to commit? Or are you just going to half-ass it? (laughs) But they half-assed it. (laughs) Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the other side of this puzzle. This is the snafu principle. Situation normal, all fucked up. Uh, Snafu principle is the idea that authority is always lied to. So there's always a, a chink in the armor because the people that are meant to fulfill the orders of the authority really don't care. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's like, if you're going to be an order follower, at least be a good order follower. Like at least have an, a work ethic around your fascist <laughs> following tendencies. It's so annoying when they don't. <laughs> You know, at at least commit to your shitty role. Right. Then at least you know who you are. Yeah. 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 That's true. But have you flown since all this craziness has started the past couple of years? I did. I won a trip to to Punta Cana. And I wasn't going to go. Right. Like I really fought it and I fought it and I fought it. And I I didn't think I was going to be able to go. And then I had Jared Murphy on the show and he's I told him that I wasn't going to do this, but I had, you know, basically had this all inclusive uh, <laughs> trip to Hard Rock Hotel in Punta Cana, but I'm not going, uh, you know, I don't want to wear a mask. I never worn a mask and I don't want to deal with any of that. So he's like, well, I'll go. <laughs> I Jared had his passport out ready, 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 ready to go within a second. I was like, you just carry your passport around with you. That's crazy. <laughs> we had to fill out the form that day if I was actually going to go. So we did go. And one thing was that it held us up like 
landing at the airport. The flight was three and a half hours. The walk through the airport was two and a half hours, just oh, waiting in this nonstop line for this ridiculous. Uh, I don't even know, you know, because there wasn't even a COVID PCR test there or anything like that. Just extra BS bureaucracy for you to get through. Uh, but. Uh, I was I was quite thrilled to find out that right as I had bought the plane ticket, um, they canceled masks. Right. And so I'm like, ah, God doesn't want me to have to deal with that. But we certainly seem to have picked up something. And every single time somebody has either come here from the airport or my my trip to the airport, uh, the the bug follows. And fortunately, I seem to be quite immune to it. It really hasn't all all I get is lethargy, you know, mm-hmm. a good 10 days on the couch, uh, but no illness, no like, you know, no sniffles, no cough, no, no flu like symptoms at all. I get weird symptoms like uh, aching kidneys or a leg pain. Uh, yeah, really weird stuff. And it would come on like it was synthetic, like, you know, you'd be fine all day and then you knew at 5 p.m. it's going to strike and right. every, every single time you were, you know. Uh, or I'd wake up with a, a different symptom each day that would only last for a little while and then fade. And then I'd think I'm fine. And I wake up again to the same. It was really bizarre. And I wasn't around any sick people. I didn't meet anybody that you know, acted sick or said they were sick or, you know, it was, uh, as far as I'm concerned, vaccine shedding, which I'm far more afraid of than any virus. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. We're seeing what's happening with the feminine and uh, cycles, and there's obviously an effect of just being near the people that took this. And yeah, yeah I, I'm like the canary in the coal mine with the spike protein stuff. So I've had so many horrible reactions, like weird grid-like patches appearing on my skin, um, really intense headaches. Of course, the bleeding stuff. Um, yeah, it's concerning. Like, and, and what are the long-term effects going to be on us? Yes. Yes. It's going to be a split world. You know, those that are jabbed and those that aren't, um, yeah, but then it's going to be split with like, who's on the digital currency and who's, you know, it's like so many splits happening. Who's going to jump into the social credit deal. Yeah, I mean, nothing was more divisive that that I've witnessed in this whole time as I've covered (laughs) conspiracy theory since Bill Clinton. Uh, Honestly, nothing has been more divisive than Donald Trump getting into office. Nothing, nothing is more divisive than Trump. If you don't hate Trump, then you're the enemy to the people who are bought in. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's nuts. And it's, you know, I do this little... um, I have this little show called Spot the Propaganda that I, I've i moved into finger puppets as, as my main characters, and they just comment on the ridiculous propaganda. And Netflix is like shooting fish in a barrel. You know, it's it's Susan Rice and Obama's joint, and it's there's nothing that they're producing that isn't loaded with it. But I'm watching shows that are being released now, and they're still mentioning Trump every episode it's crazy it really is you guys love him you right you're obsessed with him exactly yes absolutely i mean truly bizarre but you are you are quickly and closely working your way to a re-education camp there danny i just want to um oh yes i'm i am a very bad girl according to the thought police i keep thinking you know as i rationalize this insanity in my mind and i'm like well can they come after me with a master's degree in journalism like can you really pull the disinformation fake news stuff on someone who's like a trained and experienced journalism journalist i don't know it's in my mind it's like my fake trump card we'll see if it actually works when it comes down to it well, we'll get kind of an insight as we watch what they do to alex jones so but i do you even buy that that's real and that alex jones isn't playing a role in this i do uh just because i knew him and and we worked in the same studio together uh and got to know alex and and i know m- many of alex's crew um 
so yeah i actually uh, i'll stand behind alex all the time that he actually you know is concerned for humanity and and is i uh, but i also stand opposed to the methodologies that he suggests for solutions because a lot of uh this justice that we seek is a trap and so i worry about them constantly seeking justice because well who are you going to turn to as your authority obviously the lifeboat foundation is already <laughs> with their absolute authority one world government uh you know so if you're going to go chase down gates and and burks and you know fauci and all of them uh then who's the authority in that situation do we go over to the world health organization and start turning into a global medical dictatorship through that route uh so that you know i'm i'm in opposition of his methods of of return but me and him are definitely on the same page as to what the hell is actually going on you know the deep state and things that are going on and I, I see Alex having a really big heart. He's a, a big grumpy bear uh, with a big heart. Yeah, that's that's always been my sense of him. And I know em Emily recently ran into him in Austin and she's like, no, he felt he felt clean, like his energy felt clean. I know that Frank Jacob has been doing a bunch of shows on like who in the truth community has sold out for sovereign status in the social credit. I don't know anything about that. I just heard that little piece. But the clips that I've seen of the this Alex Jones trial, it's like, this is so fake. Like, the judge is fake. The witnesses are fake. Like, it all it just seems like so much bad theater that I'm, I'm shocked that Alex isn't calling out that piece of it. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 they have him crazily confined to what he can say in the courtroom. Uh, and yeah. Like, so, it's so over the top. Like, I would think even if you don't know anything about what's going on in the world, like I'm a regular programmed normie and I'm watching this, like, aren't any suspicion bells going off on how the judge is behaving or even hearing a parent say, you know, Alex Jones has made my life a living hell for the past 10 years. I feel like if your child was murdered in cold blood, that that might be a bigger problem than yeah. Alex Jones. Yeah. Adam who? right <laughs> yes yes but it and yeah i mean maybe it is uh a massive show trial i i wouldn't expect alex to be uh a willing participant in such a thing but uh, he has his blind spots you know right uh, as many do as they seek justice because they never think about who's going to deal out that justice and that's my biggest problem give me you know give me an authority i can deal with and maybe <laughs> but i say let them all go just let them all go let's just turn this thing let's just head in the direction we want to go quit worrying about what happened in the past we don't need vengeance we don't need justice we just need life and so my my philosophy is forget them you know they're gonna live their own karma <laughs> these people suck you think anybody's ever gonna feed them you know <laughs> like they'll they'll suffer their own karma it's fine yeah i mean from my perspective i see it as two directional adjustments instead of looking backwards look forwards instead of seeking outwards seek inwards it's yeah. like super simple it is so simple. <laughs> if if there wasn't so much propaganda going on, if there wasn't so much thought uh, into what what causes existence, and so much stubbornness and this childlike mentality of being right, um, yeah, it would be super simple. <laughs> it really would. I mean, uh, you know, a hummingbird builds a hummingbird's nest. It just does it. It doesn't. Nobody tells them how. You know, a robin will build a robin's nest. It just does it. And you know, you think humans are less than that to be able to just form our own human systems. Uh, you know, every time authority gets involved, I've seen this at the Grateful Dead shows when the hippies are trying to set up their shakedown street. And if the hippies are left to their own devices, everything runs smoothly, everything goes well, the people can get in and out, everybody's taking care of everybody. But the moment authority comes in, and I've seen this, they you know start directing the traffic and forcing people to park here and there and there. The whole thing's just a cluster. It just doesn't work at all. And it becomes so much worse. It's just like, leave it to the people that know what they're doing and have their life 
bound into the system because they're going to make it the best. And that's the truth of humanity, right? Like we are amazing. And the fact that we're being called this virus on the planet is just, I wish that that's the worst programming ever because nobody's going to get out and find different. They're not going to go and seek friends or make strangers, you know, their friends and try to, it's just not that world anymore. I think that day of the free traveling nomad or hippie is over. I think the day of just people bonding uh, casually, I don't know. It's the way I feel because I've become isolated, but I'm in a place where I don't know anyone, but damn it, I'm having the worst time meeting people. Um, where are you? I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Actually, I would should say that properly. It's Grainville. 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 Grainville, South Carolina. I mean, I agree with you. I think humanity is amazing, you know, and I think the human spirit is amazing, which is why they've gone to such great lengths to separate us, to isolate us, to make us think that we're a pox, to make us afraid of one another. I mean, I would like to hack whatever the mind control programming is that has people shutting down their humanity, that has people shutting down their critical thinking skills. Like, I think there's some sort of apparatus or it's a frequency or something. And if we could hack into that, I think we could liberate people from whatever the virus is that is keeping them from the authentic humanity that unites us. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've tried so many ways and uh, I'm still figuring that out. It's what, you know, I was in touch with Daniel Schmachtenberger, who I've mentioned a few times. Do you know who he is? No. So Daniel Schmachtenberger is, he had started off as a, he had a uh, nootropic company, which is interesting because that's how Aubrey Marcus got his start. And I'm, I believe that he's in on it as well. So he went from having this, nootropic company to now being this like thought leader who's telling us, you know, why we're destroying the world and climate change. And, you know, he started the consilience project and whatnot. But before I, I. Is nootropic a brain enhancer? So yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which I think is interesting because you have Aubrey Marcus who has a podcast who started on it. And then you have, and now he's, now he's a podcaster and he's telling us what to think and, mm. you know, like kind of, and he's another one of those Joe Rogan adjacent guys. Cause he and Joe Rogan were partners in on it and kind of, then he like shot to fame. And then Matthew North did a video about how both Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan are co-opted. And then he was murdered and all his videos disappeared. And then Joe Rogan and <laughs> Aubrey Marcus haven't appeared on camera together ever since. Mm. Um, but Schmachtenberger, so he's being propped up right now as like the next intellectual, you know, my sense is that they're going to lobby for a, a ruling intellectual elite class to tell us, you know, who's allowed to have free speech, who needs to be injected with what, who goes to the re-education camps. Um, I think that's a piece of the op, but Daniel and I had friends in common. So we were in touch a few years ago about just what we were doing with language. He's really into language and, you know, how that shapes a consciousness, shapes a populace. And it was at the point where I said, well, you know, it seems like you and I are really doing the same thing. It'd be cool if we could exchange notes and figure out how to hack the mind control that's going on. And that was the moment that he dropped out of our exchange. Um, And then it was, you know, it wasn't like until a year later that I started diving into this thing and kind of started to put it together with Lifeboat Foundation and Santa Fe Institute and whatnot. But but the original impetus was like, let's figure out how to hack this mind control together. Yeah. Not realizing that he was part of the operation (laughs) creating it. (laughs) Oopsie. Oops. Oopsie. (laughs) Well, here's the truth is that all we can do is plant a seed. And you never know when that seed is going to grow in the consciousness of that person. But that's the best you can do because you're never going to change anyone's mind directly by any source material or anything. So you're doing the right things, just constantly dropping the seed into, you know, and the fact that you're dropping seeds into the people up at the (laughs) involved is even better. I remember when Echelon came online. That was uh, if you guys remember when we had 
cable phones <laughs> and landlines and all that good stuff. And they had formulated a way to collect all the phone calls that were going across the world. And uh, they called it Echelon. They set it up in Australia, but it was through a UK-US alliance. And back in the days when Echelon came out in the 90s, uh, my friends would call me and say, bomb, 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 terrorist, terrorist. And, and then we'd know that we triggered Echelon. And it was also known that if you triggered Echelon enough that you got your own agent. So we would start leaving <laughs> messages for the agents, <laughs> sit there and have conversations with Big Brother, you know, like, hey, you know, like, just think about what you're doing and think about who we are. And and we, we did that often. And was that just you like sending them messages? Was it ever an interactive exchange where you got to hear from the agents assigned to you? No, just the weird feedback, things like that. I remember that caught me from keeping from me from being on coast to coast a couple of times. Just really strange, like clicks, noises, feedback and things of that nature. Humming and but no, but we knew they were there. We knew that they were there. Yeah, but of course, course they've got all that data and they can't do anything with it. What are you going to do with like a, a billion MP3 files and try to suss that? Right. And so that's where the AI comes in and then they can sort out because I obviously they've come up with technology that knows what you're going to do before you know what you're going to do. That's that's something that seems pretty evident. Well, and it's also like a chicken or an egg as far as like, well, how much is that technology influencing our cho our choices? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that too a little dan brown or darren brown uh triggering going on i see a lot of that with uh what happens you know if you watch darren brown he did a series like trick or treat and a few others that were pretty impressive of psychological uh driving mm -hmm. and so he would uh, incorporate the triggers into his presentation he was actually teaching people how to influence other people using neuro-linguistic programming while using neuro-linguistic programming to program them and you know in the television show whether or not it's real i don't know but we know that this uh, tech technique is real uh the people are conditioned after they see this flashing light and hear this particular music and see this particular color to go rob a uh armored vehicle and so supposedly these uh, people that had no idea why they were doing it suddenly stormed this armored vehicle that was, of course, placed there for them to attack. But, you know, all the triggers were there. And I see a lot of that going on where they're programming the triggers and then, you know, the event comes along and, and then you're triggered into this thought that you don't even know where it came from. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot what's going on with these people who have been injected because they're they're just so available for different types of software and different types of control. And I've recently honed in on the weaponization of customer service. Have you noticed that customer service doesn't exist anymore? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, my first initial thoughts on that were with Google and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, where I couldn't call and say, why is my stuff, you know, and there was no one there to, to help me. And uh, but then now in general, I mean, my God, if I can ever even get past the damn AI that answers the phone, Right. As I'm entering exactly. in all my digits and trying and, and yeah, there's like 20 minutes before you ever get to a human. And the whole time I'm talking to that AI, I'm like, human, please put me on with a human. Can I speak with a representative, please? Yeah, it'll eventually shut up and give you the human. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's its own kind of like tailored psychological torture that's going on and also like weaning us off of being treated respectfully. Yeah. But I've had these, you know, I had an issue with, you know, my credit union like a, a couple months ago and the stuff that these people were saying, and I'm like, I don't even think they're people, even with the improv school where I got kicked out. I, cause I, I you know, the, we had all these emails, no one called me and I was just like very sane and very rational. And I'm like, here are all the ways that you've bungled this, you know, and like, let me walk you through them. Like as a business model, you're speaking to, you know, a longtime student of two years and no one has had a conversation and blah, 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 blah. And they kept just like doubling down on the idiocy and then like escalating it. And I and then it had it had me thinking, I don't think these are people anymore. I think that there's some craziness that's moving through them.
but I, I, I couldn't feel their humanity or any sort of like rational sensibility at all. Yes, Autobots. Yeah, Autobots. Autobots unite. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my God, it's so true. We aren't yeah. really dealing with humans on many levels now. And I don't know how far this is going to go. Of course, obviously, social media has a lot to do with that, too. This idea that we can communicate through this type of text where you can't translate sarcasm from none and you can't really even you know, express true humanity through these mains. And so everybody's just getting these little snippets of, of nothingness that they process and then make into something you know, far more devious, far more giant than it, it is. And we're watching that as we watch everybody getting censored and taken away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a good time for humans. And it's the time for us to come together and talk about how wonderful humans are. You know, if we don't do it, who will? Right? Totally, totally. So it was it was Peter Voss, who was the dead Nazi, who's on a number of their boards um, at Lifeboat Foundation, just circling back. And also Stephen Kotler. Do you know do you know who he is? No. He's a he's a journalist. I'm just curious to know, like, what his ties are with this. And I mean, the thing is, with all this fear mongering around AI and transhumanism and there's nothing we could do, I I really think it's on Gen X to save the world because there were like we we know what to do. Just unplug the, all the tech and just go back to an analog life. It's really not that hard. But the younger <laughs> generations don't get it because they never had that. Right. And I so I feel like it's going to be on us um, to course correct and remind everyone that like we don't need any of this tech to have wonderful lives. That's why we're so dangerous. We were right. born in the in the stone age, guys. <laughs> I have been on a computer as long as a human could possibly be on a computer. You know, my dad built the first Heathkit home computer in the 70s. Whoa. So, yeah, I've been <laughs> I've been on a computer for what I don't even know how many years. I don't feel like doing the math. <laughs> I'm <laughs> a, a senior citizen now. Yeah. Uh but watch this whole thing blossom, watch this whole thing go. And just the simple sensation of walking out of your house when you had your landline and you knew that you didn't have to deal with anything until you went back home. These kids today have no idea of that sensation of separation, of just being out in the world uh, because they're constantly tagged by their uh, smartphones and, and you know, mobile devices that now follow you wherever you go so there's never that sense of sovereignty of i'm out here on my own just walking in the streets yeah i think there's also that i think in addition to keeping us from knowing ourselves as sovereign there it also keeps us from knowing how wonderful humans really are like i remember the first time i went backpacking you know in another country or another continent we didn't have phones. We didn't have computers. I was completely reliant on the kindness of strangers and nope. my ability to, you know. Get uh, along. Yeah, get along, communicate with people when we didn't know the language. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Get along and, and work it out. And I think that's another, you know, big downside to all this tech stuff is that people don't know how to get along without them, without Google Maps without a Yelp review, you know? So again, I don't think it's that hard to get us back there, but I do think it's on our generation to do it. Absolutely. I mean, seriously, guys, <laughs> it was only high school for me. You know what I'm saying? We're still here. These Stone Age people that remember what it was like pre-technological uh, advancements that are now taking over the planet, requiring foundations such as Lifeboat to safeguard <laughs> humanity from... Well, humanity, right? Exactly. What is what are they safeguarding us from? Our own creations of destruction, right? But do uh, you think it's really us, or do you think that something else is working through us or working through beings? Absolutely. To be us? There, there's two running theories for me right now, and that is ancient AI that's yep. trying to come back online and come back to life, uh, kind of like a contact scenario, only you know the movie only not with an extraterrestrial, but with an uh, uh, AI that's been in existence since mankind reached this point 
last time uh, and has been trying to rebuild itself or the idea of the demonic connection of the you can't escape this part of it because all the satanic symbolism that we see and the fact that these people have always tried to channel these interdimensional entities and uh you know from from the nazis again and the ss and all of their deep underground uh crazy ritual temples that they did uh to the freemasons of now you can't deny that potential as well that they may be in contact with interdimensional entities that are giving them instruction because the computer just coming out into the world the way it did like out of somebody's garage is ridiculous right. and microprocessors making microprocessors and uh all of that and making them smaller and smaller and smaller i mean um yeah i i don't believe that this was just some ingenuity that happened out of humanity uh, there's something deeper going on for sure yeah, and I think that there are a lot of, I think it's like a yes and, like, yes, there are aliens, yes, there's the demonic thing. I saw a clip, I think it was either last week or the week before, when, um, is her name Rashida Tlaib, was asking the bankers if they would all commit to, like, getting off of fossil fuels immediately. And like from this moment on, right. no more petroleum produ production. And then the head of, I think it was JP Morgan was like, absolutely not. And I'm like, wait a minute, are they not on the same evil page? Like what's, what's going on here? Yes, that's true. There is dissension in the ranks for sure. Everybody's got their own opinion on how this, uh, singularity should fall so yes that's our one hope is that they can't work together any better than anyone else so. exactly exactly <laughs> well let's wrap up this uh first half here we've given an amazing show out here for the the free hour uh i never worry about hiding stuff you know i want all the information to get out to everyone but to have a paywall, to have a membership section is what keeps this online and keeps it on the air because, guys, they're canceling me on every free access that I could possibly have. I'm amazed and impressed that I'm still on Spotify, Stitcher, Android, Apple, iTunes, <laughs> and all of the other players out there, along now with Rockfin, where I'm loading up all of the new, all the old shows, all the TV shows, and all that ancient stuff, you know, that was on VHS back in the Stone Age, going up again on Rockfin. Uh, you know, I got to get some digital currency out of this because in case these guys actually do manifest their singularity, I want to have some cash in that bank, too. So uh, I get the cryptocurrencies from you guys uh, subscribing to my Rockfin channel uh, under Freeman Fly, if you want to find it there. And of course, the links here on FreemanTV.com for you. But um, yeah, it, I the membership is an amazing thing and it really helps us and helps this show continue. So I hope you guys will come over to freemantv.com and subscribe and always give Steve Mercer some love producer, Steve at freemantv.com is the email producer, Steve at freemantv.com. Cause he's the guy who's just back there, been back there for cons a decade now, I guess of uh, just keeping these wonderful people coming across the desk and Steve could use all the help uh that we can get to get more and more amazing people out here and get this voice heard of the true beauty of humanity is what we seek to constantly cover here because you get enough uh hypocrisy and anger everywhere else so we try to focus on the truth of what humans are here because i've lived it and i know it and danny has lived it and we know it and and yeah we might be the only salvation left keeping this thought form alive remembering what it was like before all of this technological nightmare and dystopic world has hit upon us we are the the last memory for you guys and hopefully we can impart to you the truth of what we're saying and make you feel and understand it because it's true and and there's so many amazing ways humanity could go from here so, Danny, let's tell everybody what you got and where you can get it. Of course, dannycats.com. That's D-A-N-I-K-A-T-Z.com. Danny Katz. And the link's right here. And you guys want to go listen to all our broadcasts. So, please, Danny, tell people where they can listen to you. Thanks, Freeman. Um, I have two podcasts, Word Up, um, which is solutions-based conversations with original thinkers, visionaries, rebel badasses. You can find that 
on YouTube. You can subscribe on all of the normal podcast platforms. I do it similar to the way you do it, Freeman, where first half of my conversations are free. Second half are behind a paywall, either on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Danny Katz or locals, dannycats.locals.com. Same as you. I would love to be giving it all away for free and the censorship and the shadow banning and the targets have been crazy. So this is how we're doing it now. My books are all on sale on Amazon. You can find them through my website and sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com to stay abreast of workshops, webinars, new books. I have a new, new book coming out before the end of the year, God willing, the language of betterarchy. And that's all I got. Fantastic. Well, guys, keep that in mind because it's true. We live in the time of the quantum age of minimum input, maximum output. So never underestimate the fact that a dollar really makes a difference because uh, it's, it's you know, if there's uh, 10,000 people listening and everybody gives a dollar, well, damn, you know, that person's living large. So that's the one benefit that we've gotten out of this whole situation. We're globally communicative. So we know everybody in the world is suffering the same as everybody else. And we have uh, crowdfunding and the idea of minimum input, maximum output. So never think that a dollar is too little because there's the way that we, we can work now is we can all for, form together and, and do this together. So it just takes a little bit to get a lot out. So that's fantastic. Yes. So definitely go over there and get the propaganda, pop propaganda, an illustrated guide and, and check out word up too. Uh, uh, definitely. And maybe even get around to coloring Danny's lovely art. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that Freeman. <laughs> all right, guys. So we're going to take this into the members section and thank you all so much. And don't forget that I'm still pushing the aqua cure because so many people are getting benefits out of this thing. So, uh, of course, right there in the show notes is the aqua cure link. If you use promo code free man, then you get $500 off the $2,500 price. But this thing is an amazing. It just, it's life healing. It's, it's, uh, you, you go read, go, go listen to the show, uh, with George Wiseman and, and check out what this is. Brown's gas generator, aqua cure that will, uh, just bring on longevity outside of all of this, because that, you know, these are the other technological advancements that are being kept from you. So just go give it a check eagle-research.life is the website remember to use promo code freeman to get your 500 off all right guys we're moving on to the other side so you guys we'll see you next week <laughs>